Hello, everybody. Welcome to ClapperCast episode 94, I want to go with. It's a little bit later than we normally record if we seem a little out of it energy-wise. But I'm your host, Carson Tamar, as always, with the lovely Alina Falls, the mostly iconic Paul Price when he's not shitting on Flea and Nomadland and all the other great movies. How's everyone doing this evening? Well, it's evening because one of my friends was like, Hi, so this... um Wait, you influ- have friends? Yes, I do. Oh. Um, <laughs> so she writes me, she goes, Hi, this influencer needs um, a bunch of furniture like taken out of her house, and we can just go pick whatever we want. Um, so I go, and that is not the truth, Ellen. Um, I show up, and there was nothing. <laughs> all of the stuff had already been picked over, and all I was doing was doing a bunch of favors for my uh, friend and her her friend. Um, grabbing like a bunch of like random shit in my big car um and so all that was left was this like drinks machine like one of those like cocktail make your own cocktail machines that like you press a button and put in a little pod um it's by keurig and i was super excited about it i was like can i have this and she was like yeah because sure. you're an alcoholic no 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 <laughs> i was excited because i wanted something fancy out of this whole thing and as i'm driving home um i tell one of my friends that i had it and she's like oh yeah they just went out of business <laughs> so i just brought home this huge big like massive machine that has seven cocktails left and that's it <laughs> so um better make I've them been, last yeah no Can i get, instead like, i just pound ones no, because it's like out of business. Like the the company who makes the like overall machine went out of business. Um, yeah, but like so like there's like it, no because it, it like how it works is it like scans to find out how much water it should um, add, and you have to like plug in the CO two cartridge. It's like fancy. I looked it up. So it's, it's like way more complicated than like the regular coffee Keurigs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot okay. more. Um, it's like. A mix between like uh, a Keurig and a soda stream, kind of. Um, but you like put water in and it freezes the water and everything. So it comes out like ice cold. Um, the cocktails are fine. I'm sure everyone's very curious. I've tried the old fashioned and I've tried the Mai Tai. And they kind of taste like what I'd imagine. You just like, got this today, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, but to be fair... I made them and I expected them to be bigger. They're like one shot drinks. Um, they're like they're like sippy cup. <laughs> um, but uh, I was really excited about it and they're fine. They kind of remind me of like if I had like you or Alina make me a cocktail and it's like, you know, you're like following the recipe, but it's a little too sweet, a little too like, you know, I'm 12 if you're Carson making my first cocktail <laughs> um but but they're fine um but yeah it's now out of business and i feel really sad like i turned it on and it goes hi welcome back and i was like mm, you don't know <laughs> you don't know what's happened <laughs> since the last time you were used it was also so gross i had to like wash it like four times um so anyway yeah was, uh that was my which influencer today. was this from it was some yeah, like uh, she's uh, she's like uh, music. Um, she does EDM stuff. I don't know. Oh, I've yeah. never heard of her. Never. Mind. But I did. Yeah. I did look her up, and her music wasn't like bad. Um, I kind of enjoyed it actually. Um, 
she she was not <laughs> not the nicest girl in the world. Um, but also, she's in the <laughs> middle of moving. She's not listening to this. It's she doesn't care. Period. Um, moving is stressful. Yeah, and um, but it was just very funny because it was like I felt very much like I was in a different, better TV show than my normal life, where like you know so much stuff is happening, and then I came back with my discontinued curing. <laughs> it really was like, a yep. return to your show. Then, <laughs> yeah, it was like as soon as I got it, and I was like, mm, mm-hmm, yep. And then you open it; it was covered in sticky liquid. <laughs> Alina, how was your week? Did you have any fun adventures with Sticky Liquid? No. Um, I have been, you know, a chaste queen lately because I like this guy. I'm sorry, it's, it's her, New York. It's her brand. It's not my fault. Okay, look. I know. I'm like not myself lately because I like this guy and it's really unfortunate. It's embarrassing. Um. I'm going to visit him. Isn't his name Paul? Yeah. Isn't that disgusting? I hate it. Actually. It like really makes me cringe. I'm really excited. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to listen to this luckily, but like, yeah, it's really (laughs) annoying to have like one of your best friends also have like the name of your, I don't know, love interest, I guess is what we can call him. It's cringy. I call him New York. I think the word love interest is more cringy. I don't know what else to call him. Some random dude I talk to. We like each other. I don't know. There's no word for it. The talking stage. God. <laughs> Dating sucks. I'm tired of it. <laughs> um. Anyway, I have had the a relatively uneventful week. But, oh my god, this weekend was very stressful um, up here in Canada. I'm sure anyone who has been watching the news has seen this whole, like, trucking protest that's been happening. I don't want to get into it, but that has been, like, wildly stressful for me. Um, That's it. I believe someone said you were docile and, like, an idiot with your thoughts on it, so that's not fun. Yeah, but you know what? At least I'm not a Nazi, so I feel like I'm on the right side of history in this situation. (laughs) <laughs> dead ass true <laughs> honestly anymore if you're not a nazi good on you um because right? it's apparently not that rare of a thing to be a nazi well enough about our personal lives and how we're all doing because i don't think anyone cares about that let's wait go carson the- how are you doing oh thanks for asking yeah we never asked how you're doing <laughs> no and I, I, i'm just never interested like, <laughs> no and i can't really i because i'm editing when i edit i realize that but also i can't be like well, I'm doing, you know, so I appreciate you. Asking. Oh, I feel like Alina and I both would. <laughs> sure. I'm just not self-centered. You know, that's the difference here. I'm doing good. I don't think I want to watch another movie ever again after doing Sundance and a Slam Dance. But, you know, that's fun. Um, and then just, you know, hanging out. Nothing much. You know, nothing. No, nothing as interesting as your guys' lives. So um, I, I just will say. Superman does good. You're doing well, but yes. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but sure, I appreciate it. You've never heard that? No. Okay, so never. like you're not supposed to say I'm doing good. You're supposed to say I'm doing well. And then so like what your like teachers used to say was Superman does good. You're doing well. 
<laughs> and I think about it every time. It like it's sure. one of those things that didn't bug me, yeah. and I was also one who said I'm doing good. And then now I hear it, and it sounds like the uh, the ear equivalent of chewing on aluminum. <laughs> Sure. This is what yeah. 30 years old no. looks like, people. <laughs> Jesus, that's a bleak future. My birthday is in like a week. I'm very excited about that. That's be fun. Oh, yeah. Turning 13. Can't wait to see what it's all about, you know? Weird hair one. and... <laughs> Things are moving that I didn't know were supposed to go like that. And I can't wait to describe it all on the podcast. You know, it's going to be a great few months or years, really, of content for everyone. Let's get on to our films. Today, we're doing documentary roundup like we did with animation international feature. It's not that hard. We're doing the same thing. But first, a little flashback to last week. I talked about my love for the worst person in the world. At the time, we didn't get screeners for it. Paul publicly called out Neon. And what do you know? We get screeners. So we love that for us. Paul, you, you, you know, call the studio out. So I feel like you should start off here just very quickly. What did you guys think of the worst person in the world? To be fair, I was offered screeners and I was very grateful to get them um, and sent them to you guys. Um, yeah, no, I really liked uh, worst person in the world. I was really surprised. Um, and I don't know why. But you know how there's like certain movies that you hear about and there's no reason to dislike them, but you just expect they won't work for you. That was this one for me. And I've been like waiting on it. And like, as I heard about it, I was like, mm, just doesn't something doesn't sit right. And then it started. I was like, oh, no, fuck. Yeah, actually, I'm totally into this. Even when it started and it was like uh, there's a prologue, 12 chapters and an epilogue. I was like, yes, <laughs> do it. Let's have this. Um, it does feel very novelistic. Um, the other thing that I thought was really funny is I thought the worst person in the world was like, you know, an over exaggeration. No, she actually is. She's horrible. Like even in the uh, <laughs> prologue, when she's like changing her careers constantly and everyone just has to agree with her. And I was like, oh, I know this girl. I mean, I know so many of these girls. One of them's on the podcast, but like, you know, that's rude. <laughs> I am not that insufferable. <laughs> yet <laughs> wait till you're 29 we'll see no um <laughs> no but i i loved this um i think the acting is really great um it is curious to me um you know when we're looking at the best international going back to that category last week um to see that drive my car is kind of the like reigning champ when i think that like this is one of our strongest years for international um you know even i will say i find flea to be more interesting than drive my car um sorry i just don't care <laughs> i'm not gonna talk about drive my car but like i just find that like you know uh worst person in the world is something that like is really cool you know i i just got my a24 um 4k copy of lamb and i was like looking through like the sketches and everything. I was like, I forgot this movie fucks. Like it's fun. Um, yeah. It just seems like this was a really cool year. And um, you know, a nomination is still great. So if you know, some of those get nominated, great. They get a bigger audience and that's the important thing. But yeah, I loved this. It was really great. I liked it, but I didn't love it. And I'm sad about that because 
this is obviously something that we've been hearing about since can and a lot of my friends saw it at can or at tiff or all of the like earlier film festivals and i really was expecting to love it because i thought it was going to be like really relatable to me and despite what paul says i thought the main character was a bitch and she was not like me at all i didn't like her so i just really struggled to sit through her story because i was like i don't care about this girl she's annoying and she's kind of mean whatever you know what they say <laughs> holding a mirror up to yourself can be one of the most powerful yeah things. it's really it's so hard roast me like that that's why i can't I do nomad land <laughs> You know what? Maybe I am Julie or whatever her name is. But yeah, I, I did like it. Um, I thought it was cool how it was split into like 12 chapters and a prologue and an epilogue. Uh, and I really liked, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but like the second guy, when she like first meets him at the party, that whole like sequence was so amazing. I really enjoyed that. But also those two like guys that she's into look so similar that at first I was like this is the same guy what do you mean and I was confused but (laughs) whatever (laughs) I I didn't really like the ending though the ending kind of lost me Norwegians yeah she has a type for sure but like so do I so you know what maybe I'm more similar to her than I'd like to admit (laughs) you're like sitting and you're like oh actually (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was cute um, I wouldn't be upset if it like won Best International. Then again, I haven't seen Drive My Car yet. Still, who knows what will happen? I am ex- so excited for you to pop in in like two or three weeks when you finally are able to see it, and you're like, "Hmm, here's my views." Because I don't know actually. Um, because sometimes it's you do like really so boring wrong. shit. That's true. <laughs> like i don't know say, i mean like I've really been Liam struggling is, like, with a length boring as hell, and we're both like i love it <laughs> we'll see three hours that's a lot to ask for me right now <laughs> i'm a career woman with a boyfriend <laughs> i should point out that right before we start, I recording, start my job telling me about how she, i should point out how lena said that she's watching all the transformers live action films and each one's about three hours long so <laughs> for, what for what reason for what reason no what reason should you long. point it out or <laughs> oh no for what reason are they that freaking long like bro it's 2007 why is your movie two and a half hours long <laughs> we weren't living that, that long back then <laughs> it was like the middle ages the economy was collapsing back then they didn't have time for three hour movies no the economy was collapsing that's all we had time for if you went to blockbuster <laughs> and you grabbed that movie you needed three hours yeah. of blissful entertainment I don't know. Listen, I was 10 that year. I was busy. <laughs> what were you busy doing at age 10? <laughs> what are you inferring? School. Or and around at 10. Public school. I was kissing all the boys. <laughs> Worst person in the world. <laughs> well, I'm happy y'all also love Worst person in the world. Thanks, Neon, for the screeners. Next time you get out before the podcast, I'd be appreciated. But we love you. <laughs> Well, well, love- actually, actually, I will, I will hop in and say it wouldn't have mattered regardless because no. we did have to hold it until the thirty first. <laughs> it does matter. Though. I, I looked like you know, I was like, oh, because we were really trying to get it before the last podcast, um, and then once we got it, it was like, do not speak before the thirty first. So, and today's the thirtieth, so we're pushing it. 
I think that's weird when they do embargoes like that for things that have already been massive at festivals, but that's oh, just my take. One of the embargoes um, for after Yang, um, you can cut this, Carson, if you want, but um, <laughs> one of the embargoes for after Yang, they're like, yeah, we'll send it to you. Please do not talk about it till the end of March. Yeah. <laughs> That's when it comes out. I know. Like, why are they going to send it to us today? I mean, I guess it's just because it's on the hype of Sundance. But my God, do not say a word. Generally, actually, I think you might find it boring enough to where you need that much time to get through it. (laughs) Seeing how you are driving a car, you could just do 10 minutes a day and just get through it. I think I'm going to probably just like take like half a weed gummy and get myself through it. Because I do think I really like Colin Farrell. So. I don't think you're going to like it, but I don't either, but that's fine. I don't have to like every movie. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to like a movie. (laughs) Thank God you took that opinion, because let me tell you, really, with knowing you, I can't believe it took this this long for you to realize that. I do want every movie to be good. Sorry, I have high standards. I say as I stand Tammy Faye and being the Ricardos. <laughs> and Barb and Star. <laughs> yeah, being the Ricardos is your number one. Barb and Star is actually good. Um, being the Ricardos is good. Yeah, no, I there. love I I love being the Ricardos. Um, <laughs> it's like you and I'm not going to name their names, but your worst enemy are like the two being the Ricardo stands on Twitter. And it's really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you just got to... <laughs> The enemy of your enemy is your friend. (laughs) And all of the people who don't like Nicole Kidman and being the Ricardos are wrong. Um, Although I really am sad about um, poor Jessica Chastain because I really thought this was her year. But it is not. It is now Nicole Kidman's. (laughs) Hey, better than Kristen Stewart. I rewatched that movie and like I like her in it. But damn, on the rewatch, some of her like stares were really getting me. Oh, the opening scene with her, I'm telling you. The diner. You, I, think, I can't. I think the diner single-handedly lost her the Oscar. She, when yeah, I watched yeah. that, I was like, if I was an Academy member, I would turn it off at this moment. But she goes, uh, uh, I'm you know Lady Joker, Diane. I'm like, you literally aren't, bitch. You know the <laughs> Joker dance scene in Joker? It's just her doing that the theater. entire yeah. film. Oh, I know. Terrible. What, Alina? I said, remember when half of my theater walked out of the screening? <laughs> I have not talked to someone yet. Carson, you saw it in a uh like official screening, right? Uh, like festival a festival screening. Yeah. Um I have not heard of anyone who saw it in theaters that doesn't have like major walkouts. <laughs> it's so weird that we don't talk about it as like this really terrible film because I have never seen more walkouts. We had five walkouts in my theater. <laughs> my friends walked out. Like they texted me and she was like Hi, I'm at the part where the lesbians showed up. Can we leave? And I was like, hmm, yes, if you want to. And she's like, we already left. I didn't <laughs> I didn't wait for your opinion. <laughs> to be fair, I feel like people are becoming quicker and quicker to walk out of films. Like, I feel like before the pandemic, there were very few walkouts. I feel like every movie I go to now, there's a ton of walkouts. So, I yeah, no, I, I just think like people are realizing like... We're in a pandemic. I, I'm not going to waste my time. I think we know that... <laughs> well, I think we also know like... In this room, I might die. <laughs> like, I make it a disease that kills me. Is this the movie I would die for? And it's like, mm, no. I think I actually was the last one left in the screening of Wolf I went to. Everyone, like, left. That's so sad. I didn't hate Wolf. 
Well, I mean, I don't know. After 10 minutes of him, like, growling at this woman. I know, growl, but like, I... I'm not going to judge the old man who, like, slowly walks down the oh, stairs. Yeah. He's like, I get it. It's okay. <laughs> I, like, slowly walks down the stairs. I'm imagining a strut. Um... <laughs> <laughs> like, when he's holding in his howl, like, I'm not going to blame, like, the woman leave. Like, I get it. It's okay. <laughs> um, No, you know, uh, Wolf... <laughs> I love how, like, we are not focused at all this time. Um, no, I don't think... How think did we, we talk about Wolf on the... Like, what an iconic movie. <laughs> it was insane. I think it was because Alina couldn't see it, and we were like... That was back in the day when we were like, we have to make sure all of us see it or we'll never speak of it. Um, no, uh, Wolf was really funny to me because I watched it, and I was like, man, if this writer had just made this as a YA children's novel, it would do so goddamn well, and then eventually would be this movie, and there would be full of preteens but <laughs> they decided to do the movie first and try to win him an oscar and no um it's just a very interesting thing about mediums in general which is a good transition to the fact that we're talking about documentaries because i think some of these are bad documentaries damn calm out true so yes uh, almost half an hour into the podcast let's start talking about our documentaries with maybe uh, it's not a front runner to win but it's probably the most popular documentary this year summer of soul alina i'll turn over to you i think you're the biggest musical documentary fan maybe a paul's going to disagree with that statement i don't know um but what were your thoughts on summer of soul i really enjoyed it i thought it was cute i watched it with my dad last night on disney plus he was having the time of his life with it um because i didn't tell him who was like featured in the documentary and then so anytime somebody new popped up, he would just get really excited and surprised. It was adorable. Um, he was living for Nina Simone and the Staple Singers, Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah. Um, so Summer of Soul focuses on the Harlem Cultural Festival in 1969. Um, and it's... I don't know if it was like marketed as like Black Woodstock at the time or if that's what how they're like explaining it now, but it was basically like a festival of like black singers. And I thought it was going to be more in like the realm of like the last waltz, which is like the band's farewell concert. Um and that one is like 95% concert footage with like a little bit of stuff in between but this one was more of a talking heads documentary I'm like that's fine that's like like a thing in documentaries sure and I get that they needed like to have a wider context with that because they spent a lot of the time in the documentary like um explaining how the festival connected to like wider movements in black culture and I also liked that they had like the performers that were like still alive talking about like the festival like today but I just didn't like that they would like have the talking heads interviews over the performances like I want to hear Mavis Staples like sing her heart out and not have like modern day Mavis Staples like talk over her you know what I mean that was like the only thing that really bothered me about it. Like the music can speak for itself. Yeah. Um, did you guys see the Beatles get back? Yeah. No. Did, okay. Um, so 
that basically is just footage um edited together um and no modern context and i was really thinking about it and i was like if this movie uh summer of soul came out two years from now it would just be like that because i think that get back is really going to change the way that we do music documentaries um so we'll be talking about two movies actually where i feel like they would have been so impacted by get back i think get back will be like one of the most important like movements in terms of documentary because i was so annoyed after watching get back every time it would cut back to like some modern day person giving context or showing something that wasn't related i was like just show me the stuff i'm not dumb and i don't think anyone who goes to watch summer of soul is like not uh, is ignorant of the the context of the the piece um so like giving us like middle school like lessons occasionally i was like who who is picking out summer of soul and doesn't know what's going on in the world at that point or can like suss it out and also does it actually matter for what we're watching in the art um because yeah alina to your point like you know you're watching like nina simone and then they cut away to someone who's like vaguely related and you're like no get back to i just want to watch like you know, and there was a couple mm-hmm. scenes where they really let the whole song play out. And I was like, yes, I am in like, you know, Nirvana right now. This is so great. And then it would cut back and I was like, no, stop, stop. And I think that that's like um, something that's very interesting is just like uh, a documentarian's like need to add additional things to something that's like impressive. Even just like you could have done a little bit more on the beginning of like, you know why the footage had sat in a you know storage unit for all this time what happened to this documentary that they were planning to do like all that like planned that and then shown the footage that could have been interesting but i don't think you needed all of this other stuff um because i think what people are loving is the footage i don't think someone's like oh yeah i really loved that talking head moment with you know the people talking about hair um which i enjoyed but it's like it's not what i'm <laughs> It's not the best part of this documentary. It's just like a cool side story that I'd probably listen to more on like YouTube or something um, where it's like, a, oh, this is a fun fact of the time. Um, but yeah, Karshan, I'm curious about you. Yeah, I mean, y'all pretty much took the words out of my mouth. I think when it's the concert, you're in the concert, you're watching the footage. It's great. I mean, the footage is incredible when it comes to like really feeling like you are there. It really kind of does feel like you're there. It has a transportive ability to it. But then as soon as it starts cutting away from that, it just is less interesting. This is one of those I could see like how I watch Encanto at this point, and no offense, Paul, but like where I just skip everything other than the songs. Like that's how I would rewatch Summer of Soul. Paul, I know. I'm sorry. I really do apologize. No, actually, you shouldn't every film I love. I don't care. Fuck you. Your movie sucks other than those songs. Okay. Um, but I'm sorry you point. don't have generational trauma. <laughs> I'm sorry your grandparents yeah, are nice to you. Must be lucky. <laughs> wow enjoy it sorry it's just it's not that it's just my brain is more advanced than a disney's fucking simple ass plot that's boring anyway um the songs are great though i do want to be clear about enchanto but yeah so it's just like i don't know the songs are great those concert moments are great the rest is just kind of there 
and it's pretty like bang average in those parts for me. I like it overall, um, but this is not like one I would revisit anytime soon. I'm not as passionate as most people are about it, but it sounds like we're all pretty much in the same place on it. Mm-hmm. Did you guys have like a favorite performance from it? Because mine was Gladys Knight and the Pips, mostly because the Pips were like serving choreography as yes. iconic. I was obsessed with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm always a big fan of Nina Simone, so that was like a, a high point for me. True. Yeah, I also really like Nina. Nina. I will say, I think, I think this film also has a strange power coming, like COVID, peak COVID. Granted, concerts are coming back, but like there is something nice about like getting out and like seeing these performances. I, I think that helps when you're stuck indoors with like no expression of art like this. That was fun. So I, but I don't, I don't know if I have necessarily like a favorite performance from it. Well, we might've been trapped indoors, but there were also a group of kids trapped in a cave at one point and we feel really bad for them. The Rescue is another documentary by the same guys who did Free Solo, which is a film I love. I think Free Solo is like a masterpiece. I love it. I saw it multiple times in theaters. It's one of my favorite documentaries of all time. So naturally I was very excited for this. It's about the Thai cave rescue of the soccer team that got trapped in a cave and it is good it's not quite as good as free solo it is quite intense in some scenes but i think the biggest part here is where yes there's a ton of really incredible footage there's also quite a bit of reenactments and unlike free solo where you're literally just watching this guy climb this mountain and like if he slips you know he dies you know the outcome here a lot of the time it's not actually footage from the event so it just feels like there's a little bit more of a disconnect there but still overall like it is intense it works. It's a little long. I'll say that. I think the pacing is a little bit strange. Um, but this is another really solid documentary from this. Uh, I think it's a pair of directors. And I'm very excited to see what they do next. I was overall, again, not passionate necessarily about this one. But it's another one that I was like, okay, that's pretty good. That's like a solid documentary, a solid film um, in a year that I think is overall solid for documentaries. So that's good. I'm curious what you guys think about this one. I'm a moron um that's that's my uh because when you said um these were reenactments <laughs> my lizard brain had been sitting there watching the movie going they brought a cameraman every single time that seems <laughs> seems a little a little much for those particular moments <laughs> i was like i mean i guess go off but i was like this is hd footage um but, like, it made sense as soon oh as you God. said it. But, like, I was just, like, watching the movie because I don't assume that reenactments are coming unless they're, like, this is a reenactment. That's so it's just, like, going with it. Um, <laughs> like, there was because there's points when it's, like, really terrible footage. And then all of a sudden, like, it's HD. And I was like, oh, they, like, but, like, the thing is, actually, <laughs> not that it was true. Um, this is very Fox News of me. Not that it was true, but the fact that I could believe it really says a lot about society. Because <laughs> I was like, no, they probably were like, this will be like an important event. We should document this. Um, no, apparently it's all fucking fake. Um, I will say that I full on cackled when I found out that all the kids were in a K-hole as they were <laughs> pulled out of the... Um, the the tunnel like when he was like we brought out ketamine i was like oh we're doing white lotus again 
<laughs> like I was just really imagining what kind of vibe it must have been to be like, I am going to die. Let's go underwater for miles. <laughs> and also I'm high as hell. <laughs> And 13. I'm sure they were having a fine day that day. <laughs> they were just like um, yeah. stoked to be out of there. Um, I I do really actually love this movie. Um, but I do. I'm a little curious um, if it will actually matter after 13 Lives, um, which is the Ron Howard movie that comes out next year. Um, so it does feel a little like the shelf life of this is like tight because to your point, Carson, now that I know the fact that all of that footage was faked, um, it used to kind of sit there and you're like, OK, well, it's just a like a movie with heads, you know, talking heads. Um, I don't know if it really lasts in the same way that uh, Free Solo or Alpinist um, really like. Have you seen Alpinist? Yeah. Oh, my God. Didn't know you saw it. Sorry. It's on. Netflix, I want to say. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, all those kind of movies that like, you know, have a kind of um, there's no movie you could make from this. 13 Lives is definitely going to be like probably a big contender for next year's Oscars. Like this won't matter as much, um, which is sad because I do think it's like good. But do I really need to see these people to see like what they did um, or would I rather if we're going to have reenactments anyway, have better reenactments with Colin Farrell. Did you see this one, Alina? Yeah, I did. I watched it at the beginning of December. I liked it. Um, I also liked Free Solo. For me, I feel like they're like relatively on the same level because like the Thai cave rescue was like one of the biggest like media events in the world at the time. So like, I feel like knowing the outcome kind of takes away from it. And then with Free Solo, at the time I was dating a guy who was like super into rock climbing. So I knew who Alex Honnold was before Free Solo came out. I followed him on Instagram. So I knew he had climbed El Capitan, like Free Solo, like months before the documentary came out. So it just didn't hit like it would have for like everybody else. Um, But I do think that they did like a really good job with it. Uh, I thought the reenactments were, like, good. They made me fucking claustrophobic and, like, scared for my life as we were, like, descending through this, like, underwater cave. I hate diving. I hate caves. I don't like it. So I feel like they did a good job creating, like, the atmosphere. Um, I kind of wish it had shown more of, like, um, the point of view of, like, the Thai people. But... I think they did, like, a relatively good job, like, balancing everybody who was involved in the rescue. And thank God they didn't include Elon Musk in this. I was actually shocked about that. I was so ready to hear about. And actually, I'll disagree with you, Alina. Um, I think that they should have. Um, in the same Musk way that you mentioned that. trash and so annoying. So I'm glad right. But there. it's it's like <laughs> it was a part of, like, this thing that like sucked up all the oxygen. I remember like when he was, you know, like, oh, we're going to create these little submarines and watching this now, you're like, oh my God, that is so fucking dumb. And I wish they had just done a cutaway of like, and here's what he was thinking, just so you know, like this fucking moron just, showed just up. Just so you can see that he's an idiot. 
Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, no those, not like, like it's one of those true crime twists, though, where like an all of a sudden Elon Musk appears and has a stupid yeah. idea for a submarine. Like it's not good, but like in the same way of like you watch Tiger King, right? And there's all this like crazy shit. That's a moment like that. Yeah, I, I and do uh, agree that I, I would have loved. I would have loved to have them really explain why it was a bad idea um, instead of me like remembering it. Um, I feel like he should be part of the history of it in the same way that I think that like you're right. Um, I'm assuming that none of the Thai kids wanted to talk about the time that they were trapped in a cave for weeks on end. But um, I would have liked one of them or maybe a parent or something. I thought like maybe the coach would have said something. Yeah, it just like something or like even have someone read out the letter, which I'm sure like enough people saw that you could, um, you know, I think it's even like online. I vaguely remember reading like a translation of it, um, you know, something just like less about the um, and I think this is the problem with uh, free solo coming out in this as well. Um, is that it's very clinical, but in Free Solo, it's so impressive um, that their clinicalness um, doesn't really bug you as much. But I just, I needed a little bit more um, stakes, I guess, because I think you're right, Elena. Like, I could still know that they're, all the kids are going to make it out and only one person, die- well, two people die. But um, I would just have liked to, like, you know, know a little bit about the kids, not still. I, I walked out of this just as, you know, those children as I did when I walked into it. Like, I don't really like, I don't feel like I know who they were. You know, they're explaining like, oh, there's one kid with a small face. I was like, oh, you could have like talked about that at any other point instead of just like throwing it in as like a, you know, logistical problem. Like that there's one young kid in there. Um, any of that would have been interesting. Knowing a couple of the ages, knowing like anything about the kids. The my favorite part of the whole documentary was the um SpongeBob cake. I loved that when it cut <laughs> to the mom and she's like, has the SpongeBob cake and she's like, We're gonna save it. And I was like, that cake is disgusting by the time this kid gets out, but you know what? I'm sure he's gonna lap it up. Like it's gonna be the greatest cake he's ever had. But um I really hope they put it in the freezer. Don't keep it in the fridge. Uh, like literally that was my brain as soon as i saw that um but yeah uh overall i really like it um it is my personal for best international but like i'm not like wah like if lee wins i'm fine i think to your credit the best part of free solo was i mean the climb yes was a lot but like it was getting for me. It was getting no Alex and like getting to know the psychology of him and like the humanity behind this incredible feat. To your credit, this misses that, which I think is why it misses the mark where Free Solo lived up to it. Um, yeah, and I, I really uh, like. I've been very excited about watching this documentary for a while, and I don't know why I hadn't. Um, like, I almost went and saw it in theaters with one of my friends. Um, we just canceled our plans, like, and then went to dinner instead. But we were like planning to go see it, not related to the podcast, just because I wanted to see it. I knew I liked the creators. I saw Free Solo and IMAX. Um, like I've I've been a big fan of their stuff for a while. Um, but yeah. Um mildly disappointed, but also like the audience it's intended for, I think will really love it. Like uh I, my parents were like, How'd you like it? And I was like, You should watch it, which is true. 
like it's it's very much for those people who just want to be like oh my god this is so scary they made it out oh my god you know like if you're gonna if you're the one to easily cry watch this movie because you will ball (laughs) but sure well our next film we're let's go back to the musical genre music alina why don't you introduce the velvet underground uh yeah velvet underground it's you know a standard documentary about the velvet underground who would have thought not me um it's directed by todd haynes i think yeah and he's like really well known for like music films like he did that bob dylan film with like kate blanchett and like a bunch of people like playing bob dylan so uh i personally am not a velvet underground gal and i feel like most people would think i am based on my music taste but i have always found them like a little bit pretentious and they were just like they've always just kind of passed me by so i've never really like known that much about them other than they were like influential and like worked with andy warhol um so this documentary is getting tons of buzz mostly for how the archival footage is used I'd say because other than that it's really just like an overview of the band um like they talk to the surviving members of the Velvet Underground they talk about there's like people who were like influenced by the Velvet Underground they talk about their formation and they're working with Andy Warhol and like their involvement in drugs and their avant-gardeness and blah 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 um and honestly I don't think there's anything special about it other than like certain editing techniques they do with the archival footage but I don't know maybe I would have liked it a lot better if I like actually was into the Velvet Underground but like for me it was just like okay whatever I'm glad I know like slightly more about them now, but not enough for me to like actually actively listen to them. And that's sad. Queen, let me one up you. Before I watched this documentary, I did had never heard of the Velvet Underground. Maybe that shows my <laughs> age. I'm not gonna feel shame for that. Well, I had no oh, idea wait, who this fucking band is. I have is. never You're I have alone. never heard someone say show my age and it not be about them being old. <laughs> I, I'm showing my age. I am a toddler. Yeah, so could not tell you anything about um, this. I, Very similar to Sparks Brothers. Like I went to that, didn't know anything about it. So I couldn't say I cared about any of this because I don't give, I don't know who any of these people are. But clearly Todd Haynes is very good at editing documentaries. It's very dynamic. It's very engaging. If I cared about these people, it would be great. But similar to you, Alina, I don't know who they are. So uh, you know who they are. I had no idea who they are. So I couldn't really care, but like I can tell it's well made. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of where I am too. Um, even like I know the Velvet Underground, just like uh, I know like that kind of era from my dad, but he didn't like the Velvet Underground, so I would like listen to a song. Um, Neither did my Nico, dad. Yeah, I know Nico <laughs> more than them. Um, which was really funny. Um, and I know a lot about Andy Warhol. So I was like, oh, cameos and, you know, uh, supporting roles from people I actually care about. But go off, Lou Reed. Um, I did get a little, like, frustrated during the um, sexuality stuff. I just, like, it's like, okay. <laughs> like, please do not uh, 
turn an entire man's personality into he was gay, um, which I understand. But like, it was just like he he's a wide, varied person. And there was like a little like aspect of his personality. And like, that's what we're focusing on for him. Um, but yeah, I loved how it was done. I just don't particularly I'm the same way as you guys. I'm not like super connected to the work. Um, and I feel like it was the same thing as um, what I said about Summer of Soul. I think if this was done after Get Get Back, it like would be a different film. Um, I think that this is not as strong as Get Back, and I think that it's a uh, you know uh, would be influenced by it. Um, so I'm glad though that like a movie about a band is like showing up in you know Oscar talks. That's cool. Like you know have some stuff that's not like hey, the world's really depressing, like show up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the last time I remember this happening um, was probably Amy, which ended up winning. Um, Amy is fucking fantastic if you haven't watched it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's good for what it is. Um, I will probably never mm-hmm. think about it after I say these last words. <laughs> <laughs> it is cool that um it's a way for people who are not familiar with the band to like get into it um I feel like it's like up there when it comes to like music documentaries of this nature but I don't know for me I prefer watching like concert footage of bands that I'm obsessed with like I'd much rather be watching like Get Back or The Last Waltz or um I can't think of any more right now I have the worst brain fog but you know what I mean (laughs) <laughs> I want to see like the performances I think I got more out of Annette than this like I, I feel like I'm a bigger fan of Baby Annette than I'm the Velvet Underground based on their films that's a take <laughs> <laughs> oh god Sparks is very happy about that there's one point in the Velvet Underground, I don't remember who's talking, but, like, they're talking about how they were, like, coming up during, like, the hippie movement and how hippies were, like, useless and only giving, like, flowers to police officers. And I was like, go off, bitch. Like, you're not wrong at all. Because, like, I like the idealism of the hippie movement and I prefer, like, songs more like that, like, ones that are more, like, folky and country-esque. Um, compared to the Velvet Underground, which are very city and pretentious, whatever. But like, she's not wrong. Hippies were kind of useless. God, <laughs> this segment definitely lost to some viewers, but that's okay. That's okay. I don't. Okay, Listen, to be fair, I don't think any of our viewers listen to the Velvet. Yeah, I love at Clappercast at gmail.com. Write us how much you love the Velvet Underground. We want to hear your fan takes. What are your thoughts? Give us some songs to listen to. If we get enough emails, we'll do a Velvet <laughs> Underground special episode all dedicated to the band. We're not doing uh, that. None of us agree to that. <laughs> well, I said enough emails, but not with a number. So I could really the, make The up funniest part is um, when I think of like the Velvet Underground, all I think of Wes, is Wes Anderson. Because um, I like the one song I used to listen to with Velvet Underground was uh, Stephanie Says. Um, a because that was my first girlfriend, and I was like, mm-hmm. "This is about us," even though it was made in the seventies. Um, but also, um, sixties, eighties. No, that can't be right. Uh, it doesn't matter. 
Anyway, I listened to it in 2002 because that's when I watched um, Royal Tenenbaums. Um, but yeah, I think of, um, you know, very much like the Wes Anderson vibe from Velvet Underground. Um, you can definitely see the influences in his stuff. I wish he did the documentary. I mean, I think Tom Haynes is great. Like, I think he's the best part. But like, if he did the documentary, I would like to see him do a documentary overall. Well, that's what's so interesting. So like, um, what do we have? Todd Haynes. Edgar Wright and Peter Jackson all doing like documentaries recently, um, music documentaries. I feel like this might be the new thing. Scorsese like, does a bunch. A shit ton. Huh? Scorsese's yeah. done a bunch also. Scorsese. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think I feel like it. I feel like it might be the new thing where you see a bunch of like famous directors doing like a music doc um, about like. Marty feels like, started you know, that. Very, yeah, <laughs> I mean. He started everything. Doesn't mean I like his True. movies. Icon. Listen. Wait, I don't like. You have I, to watch that. I cannot, <laughs> Hold on. Okay. You Listen, don't like people. Martin Scorsese? Okay, the only Scorsese movie yeah, I like. Yeah, Paul doesn't like. Is, yeah, the only Scorsese movie I like is Shutter Island, which is not a Scorsese movie. It's just directed by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> like, you watch it and you're like, this is not one of your movies. And yet, Doug is yelling at yeah, you. Yeah, no, right I, now. Just, I just, I just don't. You can't hear him. <laughs> I just, I, I just don't. It's not like I dislike him. It's just definitely not my genre. Hugo I is like... great. I will not hear mm-hmm. the Hugo hate here. I well, I like watched Hugo like high off my ass, so I have very <laughs> few recollections of okay. Hugo. Listen, listen, people, both Paul and Carson and our listeners. There's one thing you're going to take away from this documentary special and all this music crap we're talking about. You just have to watch The Last Waltz. You're not a real person until you've seen The Last Waltz. And I stand by that statement. It's the best Who is that about? music film of all time. The band, Final Farewell Concert, Bob Dylan's there, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, Eric Clapton. We don't talk about Eric Clapton anymore, but his performance was great. Um, Muddy Waters. So many people, like it was people. all of their like friends, because you're uncultured. It's it's so good. It is like the quintessential rock concert. It's amazing, and it's coming to the Criterion Collection next month. You have no excuse. I'm not gonna watch it, but it sounds good. <laughs> I'll try it. Alina. Terrible person. I think you'd like it because you've been like harping on the like more performances side of it, and it's more like heavy performances. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I've heard of it before, and I really do want to watch it. Um, but yeah. Well, let's go to... Uh, that's all that we're covering from the shortlist, to be clear. But we have one more documentary that Paul really wanted to cover. Um, GameStop, Rise of the Players is a film. It's a documentary about GameStop. I have not seen this, to be clear. But Paul, you have. What are your thoughts on GameStop, Rise of the Players? Carson, you know I didn't see. I forgot. No, 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 no. It's fine. Leave this in. Um, Yeah, no, I I suggested we watch this movie, and Alina wasn't interested, and Alina's the only one who watched it. Um, I blame that on the fact that when you have a screener, sometimes it gives you two weeks. Sometimes it gives you 72 hours. And when you get the screener, you don't really, like, go to check what the time period is that you have. Um, this one was a 72 and I missed it and I'm embarrassed about it. And um, 
but the reason I wanted to grab it was um, I was actually like semi involved with all this. Not really, but like um, my dad was like constantly talking about the fucking GameStop people and the AMC people. And I was sitting there in the middle of the night. And I go, these fucking nerds are going to do Dogecoin, aren't they? So I put in like $100. And later I had $45,000 and then now currently I have $12,000. So I feel like I've run the gamut of like, you know, the emotions of, uh, you know, uh, watching all of that happen. Um, so I was like really excited to watch this. Um, and I'm kind of bummed that the screener's gone. I can request access and I probably will just to like watch it. I know Alina, you said you didn't love it though. I didn't like it. I was the only person who watched it. I thought it was really boring. And I thought <laughs> I could have been a short film. Because <laughs> I was like, man, the first like chunk, like a third of this movie, is just like random fucking gamers from Reddit talking about why they decided to invest in GameStop before the like Wall Street bets thing happened and like before all the like crypto stuff is going off it was just like these random fucking gamers who are like huge nerds and they're like we want to see GameStop we're gonna invest in GameStop I don't give a fuck why you're investing in GameStop Kyle I really don't <laughs> I was struggling to get through this there's no so way right. that a gamer <laughs> No, here's the thing. I was at Sundance virtually and I'd miss for some reason I might like I miss some text conversations and I just don't see them. So apparently Paul had this whole conversation about this and I missed it entirely. And I thought Neon like sent this to us randomly with worst person in the world. And I literally almost texted the group chat like, lol, they want us to watch the stupid gamer movie. No, I was like, that sucks. (laughs) Like imagine being like a loser to watch this. And <laughs> the set, it turns out Paul wanted to watch it. It turns well, out Alina did watch it. So I, I was like, I was like, that sounds horrendous. I'm, I'm never it watching is. it. Okay. So, so, so the reason I wanted to watch it is um, actually because like, I find this culture like very interesting. And right now it's like the worst time for this movie to come out. You guys probably aren't paying attention to this, but like crypto crashed <laughs> like fucking like, plummeted like i think i lost 10 15 thousand dollars um <laughs> like it was it was a lot of money um and you know uh everyone else is you know losing even like people who had a lot more lost a lot more like um uh, what was it like four trillion or something in uh capital is just completely gone or something like that it's insane um but anyway so yeah um, I thought it was very interesting that this documentary decided to come out. I would have canceled it <laughs> instantly because um, it's not the right time for this to come out. But it is it's an interesting world. Um, and it's, you know, it is sad that like, a, you know, uh, these companies kind of get like tanked by all these people and then get artificially boosted. Um, AMC has been artificially boosted. I have two amc nfts they're the only nfts i have because amc just gives them to you 
And I'm like, these aren't worth anything, but also like, I'm not going to not accept them. You should put like, them as your profile picture on Twitter. That'd be fun. Uh, <laughs> your Spider-Man No Way Home <laughs> NFT. It's the ugliest fucking thing. I like looked at it. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is like when you like open a Pokemon card deck and it's just Diglets. Um, which I did today, weirdly. <laughs> I, I opened my first Diglets. Pokemon card. <laughs> okay. That's Loser. a good Pokemon. No, he's cute. He's so adorable. This is the person who made us watch a GameStop documentary. You didn't yeah. even watch it. Listen, you didn't even know we I, were supposed to watch it. I laughed at the idea of watching it. Um, that's very rude because I was actually excited to No, uh, if I discuss. knew that, I would have watched it. I didn't know. Yeah, no, I also didn't watch it. So, like... <laughs> Um, I, I was going to ask you if you own an NFT. So you're not into the NFT thing? No, 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 no. no. Okay. I'm not into any of this. Like, I have just, I just like threw a couple hundred bucks in and made, you know, I could have made 45000 if I'd pulled out. Um, I feel like I talked about this on the podcast. Um, this oh, would have why been... didn't you pull out? You know to always pull out. Okay, so why I didn't pull out <laughs> is because I was having um, panic attacks from my first vaccine boost. I remember. Uh, first oh, this is and I remember. Yes, yes. Uh, I lost like $20,000 because of the vaccine. Um, and I will think about it all the time. <laughs> That's why I was surprised to hear that you lost so much money because I figure like I always know if crypto is doing okay because if it's doing bad, Paul's quit the podcast. Is how <laughs> yeah. I would. So, <laughs> no, I no, crypto's, doing great. crypto's tanking right now. Uh, no, it's real bad. Um, yeah, no, um, that was also because of the vaccine. Here's the point um, because apparently this works really good for podcasts. Don't get the vaccine if you want a good life because <laughs> everything goes wrong when you get the vaccine. Oh my God, Spotify. Um, we, we hate Neil Young. Stop. Joni Mitchell. Cunt. These two no, I'm quitting. I'm quitting. If Spotify offered you a million dollars, you would. A hundred million. You would turn on Neil Young so quick. I would. You don't even know who Neil Young is. List one Neil Young song. Young and free. <sighs> Lord. Um, okay, I was going to say, the last chunk of the documentary gets way better when it actually finally gets to the Reddit stuff, but also, I was following the Reddit stuff as it was happening, because I thought it was funny, and it didn't, like, add anything new to it. Like, gamers are kind of annoying. I will self-admit that I'm a bit of a gamer girl. I play Pokemon, I play all the Super Marios, and I play Webkin, so maybe I am a gamer. Fuck off. But, like, it's boring. That's my main takeaway. You can just read the Reddit posts. There's no reason for this documentary. Just read the fucking Reddit page. Um, I like do have Neil a question. If off. you were involved, <laughs> if you were involved in this, would you have found it interesting? Like if you were one who like had money in GameStop or has money in GameStop, made money. Like is that like no? Is that because you- like you were there and you experienced it. Like. I didn't invest any money into it because I think crypto and NFTs are stupid. Um, Like, I invest in, like, the regular stock market, but, like, not the other junk. But, like, I was there. I lived through it. I was reading all the Reddit posts. I thought it was hilarious. I was reading the news articles. Like, I'm really down with, like, saying fuck you to, like, hedge fund managers and billionaires and making all those rich assholes lose bunches of money. That's the part I enjoy about it. But, like, there's no reason for this like documentary to exist like so soon after it because everyone just remembers anyway like maybe if they did this like sometime in the future i don't know i just like it felt really useless to me 
Or it could have been a short film. If you look closely, Paul's actually deleting his email asking for screener access now, so. That's oh, no, I, I, my dad still wants to watch it, so, um, you know, we'll probably watch it. Well, Neon, thanks for the screeners again. <laughs> Love you, Neon. I don't think that was Neon. Yeah, Neon sent it. Yeah, it is. I also didn't think it was from Neon, but. Oh, that's funny. Well. Let's get into our best documentary Oscar predictions. Which five will make it in? We're closely approaching Oscar nominations. Uh, Paul, do you want to go first or who wants to, who should start? Is anyone ready? Um, I, yeah, I think the ones that we talked about plus Flea plus I'm going to go with Procession. Okay. I think, I think Procession makes it in. Um, I've heard good things about it. I have not watched it yet, but it also feels like timely. Yeah, it's good. Not fun, but good. I would I go... Have... Or go ahead, Elena. I was going to say, I have no idea for predictions because I slacked <laughs> on documentaries this year and I did not watch anything else on the shortlist. I will say, as someone who's seen no most idea. of them, most of them are boring. Most are very boring this year. I'm going to go Ascension, Feya Dei, Flea, The Rescue, and Summer of Soul. I don't think Velvet makes it. I love how you read it like you're an announcer, like you're someone. <laughs> <laughs> like you're it's, really called pod- it's called being a podcaster. <laughs> I'm a host of a hit podcast. What can I say? Oh, my God. You're like Sir Ronan <laughs> reading it out or whoever it's going to be. Sure. Like... <laughs> I'll take it. Better than Snoop Dogg. Aw, Snoop Dogg. He mispronounced every name. He mispronounced Ben Affleck. I mean, <laughs> to be fair. Ben Affleck? Oh, Affleck. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> Icon. <sighs> well, before we get into our recommendations... We are done with this like little like three episode series talking about these short lists. So we have a new series on the horizon and not just one. We have two. Alina, why don't you introduce the first one? Because if anyone has any doubts, this one wasn't Alina's idea. Okay. Yes, this is my idea and it's a very good idea. Okay. It's genius. Um, We are doing a Road to WrestleMania series. So it kicks off next week. Um, and then like every other week until WrestleMania, we'll be doing a little wrestling segment. So I think there'll be like five weeks in total for like my segment. Um, and basically what we're doing is we are watching a film. Most of them are produced by WWE studios, but not all of them. So we're doing a film starring a wrestler, like perhaps starring John Cena, perhaps starring The Rock, perhaps starring Batista. I don't know. I made the list, but like, it's a surprise. And then we are pairing said shitty wrestling movie starring some wrestler with one of the wrestler's iconic matches. It's genius. I'm genius. I will not accept any criticism on this. It's so smart. You're welcome. It's going to be amazing. My cat agrees with me. Paul can barely hold in his excitement. I know you can't see the video, but he's just (laughs) jumping with joy. Well, adjacent to this, as Lena mentions every other week, Paul, why don't you introduce what we're going to do the rest of the weeks? Um, 
So I feel like we're still figuring out like exactly what this is going to be. But basically, it is going to be Oscar related and probably choosing someone who will likely be nominated and a different movie related to them or maybe like one or two. I don't know how we're doing it. We'll figure it out. It'll be cool. Um, You know, it's always interesting when you're like, oh, this famous person, you know, in a role and then what else have they done? You know, it's like you like know them, but not like really. It's not going to be like Nicole Kidman and like, you know, fucking choosing the hours or some shit. It'll be like deeper cuts. Um, And I'm kind of excited about it. Um, But yeah, that'll be fun. Um, Just kind of, you know, looking into uh, all the main winners. And I think because we're doing WWE first, we will have the nominations by then. We were a little worried at first. We were like, oh, should we uh, try to, you know, guess who's going to get nominated? And it's like, no, now we can actually do that. Um, Also, I assume we're going to try to do a live reaction to the Oscar noms. How are we doing that? I am super down. I don't, I don't like personally asking people like, Hey, are you like ready to get up at 5am to do them? But like, I will be there. I will be up. Okay. So at least I will be awake. And it's a... I'm three hours ahead of you. I'll be awake. It's <laughs> <I> 9 o'clock. <laughs> so right? we will we'll bring a live reaction to the Oscar nominations, I guess. Amazing. I can't wait. 10 out of 10. I'm going to just be screaming the whole time when they go, Jessica Chastain for the (laughs) Jessica Chastain is the eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. Well, we are going to have to troubleshoot that and figure out how we're doing that. But that's not for you audience to have to worry about. It'll just be there for you and we'll do all the work. So let's let's get to our recommendations. Shit. Wow. We have a whole nother thing to do. I really was ready to close it there. Recommendations for the week. I will start very quickly. Mine, similar to last week, it's going to be a film, but really more on the experience around it. My film is going to be, let me load up the name because I forgot it, Therapy Dogs. But not specifically because, they're, well, Therapy Dogs, it's an amazing film. The fuck is but Therapy Dogs? Let me get to that. Let me get to that, Paul. Now, maybe you didn't attend Sundance, but until February 6th, which is my birthday, by the way, there is the Slam Dance Film Festival online, $10 for a pass. You can see all their films. It is like kind of a shoehorn, like a, sh- a shoe off of Sundance. I don't really know the history of it, but it's like a thing. Um, and it's only $10. It's online, and Therapy Dogs is amazing. And there's a lot of interesting projects. So if you didn't go to Sundance, but you want to attend a film festival and see normally pretty good films that don't normally go many other places, like this kind of is your only chance to see them. Go check out Slam Dance. It's ten dollars. Why not? Um, Paul, what is your recommendation going to be? Um, hmm. I mean, I didn't. What was funny as I was going to interrupt you and say, "Don't say anything related to Sundance," but like, oh, that's all I watched this week. Um, so I think I'm going to go with um, Emily the Criminal. Just like keep it in the back of your mind. Um, because I think it's really fun. Um, it's Aubrey Plaza doing uncut gems, basically, um, which is enough of a sell. Actually, I'm done. I'm not going to keep saying anymore. <laughs> sure. Alina? Listen, you know what my recommendation is? I've been harping on it the entire podcast. You have to watch The Last Waltz or I'll kill you. That's all you need. It's so good. <laughs> so good. It's my comfort film. I'm excited to watch. I'll give it a go if it um, 
gets on the Criterion channel, sure. I, I, it's I don't know if it's like, going to be on the channel, but it's getting like added to, like, there's going to be a, like, a physical of it. Great. Well, that was our episode. Where can we find everyone on social media? Paul? At Price Like Tag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Elena? At Elena Falls on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews, Letterbox Carson Tamar. Thank you so much for listening. New episodes drop every single Wednesday. Email us at clappercast at gmail.com. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a solid rating, five stars, even if you don't mean it. Uh, you gave it to a lot of, I'm not going to pick a certain film to attack today, but you give it to bad films. So you can give it to us also. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Goodbye. And wrestling. Oh, God.